Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We start off with the very latest that we have from the NCAA and the University of Tennessee and the state of Tennessee that is uh, suing the once governing body. John, I ask you this, how much longer will the NCAA be a governing body? Well, um, it it seems it, as though it can hang on, but it's going to have to change its approach to things. I don't think it can go around willy-nilly and trying to enforce rules that don't make sense and just don't work. This is a prime example of this. The NCA won't win in court. Once the, uh, once the court ruled that athletes could prosper off their name, image, and likeness, uh, the game was kind of over for the NCA. Uh, because to come back, the NCA's response, but, uh, oh, by the way, you can't use that as a recruiting inducement, but, how could it not be a recruiting inducement? You can't tell somebody, hey, you can make money, but there's no way to find out how you can make money. So you just need to sign with the school and they'll tell you what how much you can make. That will never work. Um, and, the, and, say, and the same way with the transfer uh, transfer rule. Uh, they're not, the court's not going to, you can only transfer once. There's already an injunction against that. That won't hold up either. Athletes are going to be able to transfer whenever. Yeah. So, John, um, I agree. But I, Dave and I talked about this yesterday. And just for people who want to know, um, there the NCAA is the, a judge is going to rule uh, about whether or not that there is a temporary restraining order on the NCAA rules while this is in court very soon. Um, okay. But, so let me make sure that everybody understands because this legalese gets complicated. What would that mean, Caleb? That would mean that if a temporary restraining order is granted, that means that the NCAA rules are unenforceable until this situation gets resolved in court. So for at least a temporary time, they can't do anything. Now, we don't know how that's going to be ruled on. But, John, one of my questions is, and I talked about this with Dave yesterday, I think the NCAA has no argument. Their, you know, their points were stupid over the weekend. Their whole argument is basically – well, yeah, it's illegal, but it's still bad for our organization. So you <laughs> should allow us to. I mean, that, that was literally their argument. Um, my only problem is I can't get past how stupid the Tennessee legislature was to pass its own NIL law that put a ban on recruiting because now the state of Tennessee is suing the NCAA and saying, you guys are violating federal law, but their own state is violating federal law because they passed their own NIL law that violates the Antitrust Act at that moment. Well, yeah, I mean, that doesn't make sense either. Um, but the, to me, just the big picture, the court is basically saying the NCA really can't govern. I mean, it can't enforce its own rules because some of these, because so many of these rules are just uh, so absurd and they don't coincide with what's been ruled in court. So I don't know where the NCA goes from here. Uh, maybe it just eventually goes away, but there still seems to be people in high places that want to preserve 
what's really kind of an archaic organization and, and no longer functions effectively, if it ever did. So I, I'm going to steal a question from the message board, and I want to ask both of you guys this. Uh, this is from Smoky Mountain Red. Is the NCAA actually that clueless or just arrogant? I would go with the latter, John. You? Well, I think in maybe another word might apply desperate. I mean, you can't be so stupid that you don't realize uh, the course we're on and where this all, how this will play out. I mean, it's, it's obvious. Uh, so, I mean, these guys all have, uh, these guys all have jobs <laughs> and, uh, they would like to hold on them to them, I'm sure, but it's just, uh, in where we're headed, they just seem to seem to be dinosaurs. Yeah, well, uh, let me jump in here for just a second, Caleb. Then, is is do you think that that's really the case? It's just the desperate to hold on to jobs. Surely these guys have nice resumes and they can find other gigs. But huh. if they, well, if they look up incompetence and Google them, they might they might not do well. But do do you really think that it's as simple as that, or is there anything altruistic about what the NCAA is trying to do right now? Is that a question for me? Both of you. Uh, Caleb, start. Uh, I think this is actually a, I think this is more, I, I just think it's a desperation move by the NCAA. Um, I think the people that work at the NCAA, John just said it, they, they want jobs. I learned this because my coming of age following the news was the 2008 crash. And what I learned with the 2008 financial crash was there were a lot of executives, board members, whatever, that work in those positions that care nothing about the financial well-being of the company they work at. They just want to make sure they walk out with their cut of the check. And as long as that's okay, they're good. I think yeah. the NCAA is filled with people like that at this moment. It's filled with a bunch of people that are trying to say, man, we know we're on a dying ship, so how can we make sure we get our payday out of this, keep our salary, keep a job, whatever. I think when Charlie Baker took over, I don't know if Charlie Baker knew it, but I think, look, I'm going to attach a nefarious motive to everybody working there that they're not working for the NCAA. They're working for themselves and trying to see where their positioning is going to be in the future. And part of that was they all agreed to establish some form of relevancy to buy them some time on this sinking ship. And part of that relevancy was let's try to go after Tennessee the way we did Florida State and they'll probably, and we'll give them a slap on the wrist. They'll roll over, they'll take it, and it won't be any big deal. That's exactly what I think went through their mind. So what does this mean for Tennessee and let's say the top 15, 20 programs, maybe a little more than that, that could afford a hefty NIL budget line item? Uh, John, what, is, what does that mean for a team like Tennessee? Before we get to that, mind you, portions of the program brought to you by Apex Apparel Group. 15% off your first order. Call Tyler, 865-919-3001, 919-3001, Spirit Wear. They've got that embroidery, screen printing, promo products, signage, uh, giveaways, a one-stop shop for all products. Apex Apparel, go to youraxapparel.com or Tyler, 865-919-3001. So what does it mean for Tennessee, John, and a school like that? Well, these are the powerhouse programs. And and one of the by the way, that was, that was the most dramatic. The, 
That was an incredibly good dramatic pause. I don't know if we lost you or you were just really thinking and pensive. Uh, yeah, I don't know what happened there. I didn't even think it was a pause. <clears throat> uh, but one of the problems inherent in the NCA goes way back. There were too many schools with all these dissimilar interests. And there still are. And now it's kind of defined by NIL resources. There might be 20 programs that can do this, that can that to fund an NIL program, pay 25 to $30 million payroll to its student-athletes. I don't know why I keep calling them student-athletes. They're, they're pros. But uh, I, I just think, so there, you look at, look at the SEC even. I mean, the disparity between some of these programs and some of the other programs they aren't really operating in the same realm. They don't have the same resources. So they have different interests. But what you have to do, you get have to get a group with commonality and have these programs form a conference with everybody. We've I've been hearing about a super conference for 40 years. And but I think that's it's just inevitable that that will occur. How fast might depend on the stupidity of the NCAA. Um well, let me ask you both this, because I think it's, you know, the NCAA used to move so slow and it took forever throughout most of my lifetime just to get to a unified national championship. However, I'm going to put the over under on a mega conference at three and a half years. So it'll either happen by 27 or it'll happen after. Caleb, you go first. Are you taking the over or the under? I'm taking the over, but Dave, I will give you, I'm not confident. Um, and, and I will, and, um, I agree things for all of us, everything about the NCW moved at a turtle's pace, but you are right with the Supreme court ruling two years ago. I mean, it, it we all kind of knew there was going to be rapid change coming after that. We just didn't know when we didn't know how, and I'm going to tell you this, the people at the top who are running it, I don't think Greg Sankey or Tony Petiti know how they just know that they're going to be at the forefront of it. Mm -hmm. yep, you, you may be right.